0: And I'm not being critical. I'm just being silly, I guess. But uh, anyhow, this is a love chapter. Let's look at all the 13 verses. Stand with me, if you will, as I read these verses to you in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul says here, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity. And by the way, this word charity means love. Now we think about charity helping the Red Cross, giving money to people that we don't want to help. That we don't want to take the time to go help them personally, but we give that. This is not, it's not talking about, it may include that, but that's not what the word really means. It's talking about love, the strongest word for love, agape love, a parental love, God's love. He says, if we speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brice or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaulteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. known. And now about a faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege to be back in church on a beautiful Sunday morning. And thank you for everyone that's come this way. And I pray, Father, that you would just visit with us in a very special way. In the next few minutes as we try to preach the Lord's message to this congregation, we ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the help from above. And, Lord, we ask that every heart will be blessed and touched. And, Lord, that you would just speak to every soul. Should there be one among us that's not a Christian, I pray that the Holy Spirit will remind them that Jesus loves them and, Lord, that they will accept that love today, uh, which means that they can be saved by trusting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Help them to do it today. Just be with us and bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, and you can be seated. In verse number 8, at the end of, uh, of that verse... It says that uh, that uh, uh, or in that verse, uh, it says that love never fails. Charity at the beginning of the verse, rather than the end, at the beginning of it. Charity, or love never fails. Love never runs out. I remember sometime back watching one of the uh, the uh, old. Nanzas, I believe it was or anyhow one of those uh, uh, those uh, uh, old westerns and they had a family that both the husband and uh, or the the dad and mom was killed and they left like uh, uh, three or four children and they didn't want to separate the children they had no relatives to take them so they had uh, 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 the judge held a hearing to see who would like to take those children and keep them and who he should award them to. And in the end of it, there was a family in that community that had a house full of young'uns. They must have had eight or nine young'uns, you know, already. And they came to court that Sunday with all of those young'uns in the back of that wagon. And this man and woman come and appeared before the judge and said, we'd like to take those children and raise them up with ours. And the judge decided uh, maybe three more won't hurt, and he gave it to them. (laughs) And you could see when that mother took the least one, which was just a baby, in her arms up on that wagon seat, and those children, was uh, they helped load them up in the back back of the wagons, and the bigger ones was taking care of the little ones, and those children from that home uh, just pitched in there and helped them. Love never runs out. If that's what you're looking for, run out of, it never runs out. Now feelings sometimes change, but love never comes up short, never fails. You say, preacher, that's a big statement. That's what the book says, and what the book says, God gives me a right to say it. <laughs> and I believe that. I believe that, the love never fails. Uh, sometimes when love is mistreated, it turns bitter. And people's relationships and so on down the line. But love never fails. And that's what I want to think about. In these first three verses. By the way, in chapter number 12, Paul is talking about the spiritual gifts. Uh, and, and tongues was one of those gifts that he talks about there. And, and remember that the people, the disciples, those uh, uh, on the day of Pentecost, that, they, that those people were all Galileans and that was preaching that day. And there was Jews from every country uh, under the heaven, the Bible says. And probably that, there, uh, that means that from every known country. And these Jews had come back. This was Pentecost. Uh, this was a part, this was the climax of the of a feast that they had. And it uh, was the 50th day. And that's what Pentecost means, the 50. And uh, they were back there. And they, they had all kinds of languages that they spoke, different dialects. And they come and Peter was a main spokesman that day. And we don't know anything about Peter having any extra education. That was really a smart man. We don't know. We know he was an aggressive man. And sometimes he did some foolish things. uh, But he was a great guy. But he was a preacher and God chose him to be the main spokesman that day. And these people says we don't understand this. All of these men are Galileans, and they all speak the same language, but we hear them speak in our tongues, our native language, uh, the, the wonderful works of God and what God has done. And that's a gift. You say, Preacher, do you think it could happen today? I sure do. If it needs me, I sure do uh, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, that God can give us ability to speak with another tongue. Not long ago, somebody was telling me that they was having a revival meeting, and this fellow was sitting beside of a man that he didn't know, and didn't know where he come from, didn't know anything about him. And when uh, when the invitation was given, uh, he stood up and he was standing beside of that man, and he and the invitation was good, and it was a moving invitation. And folks were going to the altar and getting saved. And this man had never spoken in tongues in his life, never looked for that gift. He never spoke in another language in his life, but he did that day. And this man sitting beside of him told him, says, you told me how to be saved in my language and I understood that. He understood that. That's what they did on the day of Pentecost. That was a gift that come from God. And, and the church in the early days had got carried away with that. At least the church at Corinth evidently got carried away with that. And Paul talks about this in closing out of of chapter number 12. He says, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And Paul talks about these. We don't have time to go into that. uh, But he talks about this. But uh, covet earnestly. And this word covet is a good word. Desire is what he's talking about. And that would be the word we'd use today. But it means the same thing. Uh, uh, Earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way than the greatest gift that's there. Uh, and that's what they were all wanting to be able to do, was speak in tongues. Uh, speak with other tongues. Paul knew a lot of languages. He had studied a lot of languages. Now, there's a difference in Paul and Peter. Uh, Paul was a highly educated man, and an intelligent man, in my opinion, very intelligent, uh, but, uh, but uh, and he, he spoke with tongues, but he goes on to talk about this, and he says, Though I speak with tongues and of, of men and of angels... And have not charity. And though, and, and down in verse number 2. And though I uh, have the gift of prophecy. Now the word prophecy in the New Testament is talking about preaching or prophesying. Uh, prophecy, uh, this word can mean one of two things. To go forth telling uh, or, uh, or, 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 or tell it first. <laughs> you prophesy. Do you understand? Well, you didn't understand me. I didn't understand me. Foretelling or foretelling. Do you understand the difference? Foretelling is telling it before it happens. That's prophecy. Foretelling is also connected with this word. And just plain old preaching. Or just plain old witnessing to people about the Lord. Uh, uh, About the Lord. And so I have the gift of prophecy. And understand all mysteries and all uh, uh, knowledge. And though I have faith. So that I could remove mountains. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned. And then he says at the end of each one of these uh, these, uh, verses, and have not charity or love, it profits me nothing. Paul said if I can preach the very best, if I can prophesy, if I can speak in tongues, If I can give all the uh, things to to charity and and to to help other people, all of these things, uh, and have not love. He says, I'm a nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm a joke. Really. And that's the truth. I don't understand why people want to have a form of religion and not the real thing. I, I don't understand that. Uh, When I got saved and when I started seeking the Lord, I knew some people that said they were Christians and some of them would do some things that I wouldn't do. Uh, You know, and I'm just as lost as a heathen uh but i knew some other folks that were good people you know they uh you know they they didn't uh, uh they didn't go to places i did and they didn't talk the same way i talked and they didn't act the same way that i acted and 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 they they, they but you know when i wanted to get right with the lord you know who i, I wanted to be like i want to be like them because their lives were different they were different uh george Harrison. uh, uh was uh, our neighbor when I was a boy growing up. And George Harrison was a good man, uh, a, real, a, a real good man. And uh, he went to church. I never knew of him ever owning a car, never knew of him, of him ever driving a car. But he'd go to church. We worked in the fields. The farms uh, were right close together. And, uh, and uh, we'd see each other in the field. And, uh, and, I, and, and I knew his family, and, and I knew George, and I'm just as lost as a heathen and uh, just uh, mean as a striped snake, uh, but George Harrison was a different man. Oh, he would joke and kid us and talk to us, you know, it was always nice to us, and we worked together. Uh, but uh, uh, he didn't have a filthy mind and a filthy heart, so therefore he didn't have a filthy mouth. But he was different. And I remember some folks that owned a big farm right beside of where Mr. Harrison lived, and he was a sharecropper too. And I don't know whether uh, he ever owned a farm in his life, but he uh, worked on a big farm that belonged to uh, some of the Digginsons. And uh, there was a, 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 their neighbors that lived there, and the girls would go over and would uh, uh, would uh, work for this woman, you know, and help him uh, help her with with her work. And uh, they didn't go to church much. Uh, i don't i'm not sure i ever knew of them going to church and maybe for a funeral Uh, and i knew the biggest part of my life and she was sick she was real sick and uh, those girls would come over and work for her and you know who she wanted to pray for her she wanted george Harrison, the man over there that was a sharecropper that went to a tent revival or a brush harbor meeting or a storefront building. It didn't make any difference. And they loved the Lord and they shouted and they praised God. And the preacher preached the word. When that woman wanted somebody to pray for her, she didn't want somebody that was sophisticated and knew how to pronounce the words. She wanted somebody that could get in touch with heaven. And that's sure what I wanted when I got saved. I didn't want to go to hell and I wanted to get saved. But if I had all of these things, you know, and have not the love, I am nothing. I am nothing. I'm nothing. A nobody. And then Paul proceeds to tell us what love is and what it is not. He said love is long-suffering, and that means it has patient Endurance. Have you ever seen old couples? I spend a big lot of my time visiting people in the homes that's sick and in the hospital and in the nursing homes. Uh, I spend a lot of time with folks like that. I see some of the best scenes that I ever see in my life of two old people that's been married. Some of them have been married for many, many years. And you've heard that old adage that one of them wasn't able to pull the other one out of the fire. And it was that like that. But you'd go by the nursing home or by the home and you'd find that wife or that husband, whichever one that was sick, the other one would be there taking care of them. You'd offer to help. No, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. One of uh, Whitey Purgeon's uncles, I guess it was, was He was his, again, on the woman's side. Her husband was sick. For Lord, I don't know how long. And he lived over on uh, 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 the road there across from us. It uh, has a name. I've just been there 30 some years. I hadn't learned it yet. But uh, uh, Shakespeare Road. And uh, she kept him at home. And they didn't have any children. They had an adopted daughter that lived close by. She would come and help him out. And uh, Miss Purchin got along pretty good in the daytime. And a lot of times I'd go in as I was going home of a night. I was painting, I guess some then. And I'd, I'd come in and, and, you know, and come to the church and do what I needed to do and uh, catch up on some visiting. And I'd go by there as I'd go home. And uh, uh, and, and I'd ask Ms. Purgeon, I said, Miss Purgeon, do you need somebody to come and, and sit with you tonight? She says, no, the neighbors. She'd name over a neighbor. They're coming in a little while and they'll be here to sit up with me. I don't think I doubt that she spent one single night by herself. But we go back to to her husband, and they said he was one of the best things in sickness and death that you ever saw in your life, and God didn't let him down. But that's where you see love, patient endurance, patient. They're patient with one another. Sometimes I talk to one, and especially if they've got trouble with their mental capacity, and they'll tell me, preacher, they say hard things to me. I said, they don't know what they're saying. And I've been told, I know that, but boy, it sure does hurt. And I try to find a little bit extra time maybe to stay with that person. The next time I went by, the encouragement, I know it hurts. I've not been there, but I know it hurts. I know it does. But patient, love is long-suffering. Patient endurance. You're you you are patient with the children. Love is kind, and that means gentle. Love is seeing a mother taking care of a, of an infant. That's love, tender loving care that they get. That's what I believe he's talking about here. Kind kindness don't hurt anybody. That's what it is. Love is is long suffering. It's, it's kindness, uh, and love does not does not envy. That's to be discontent or resentment. Want something that somebody else has got? Or wish for something like that? Envy those people? That's not it. It does not vaunt itself, and that means to brag, boast. You know, you've probably heard somebody do that. I'm sure you've never done any of it, but you know, it is not puffed up, and that means it's not inflated with pride. Get the big head. You've heard that. uh, That you know. Get the big head. Somebody uh, uh, telling this old preacher. Years ago, and uh, preacher Lakin and, and says, uh, preacher Lakin says my pastor is a good pastor and he preaches real good sermons. But says I never brag on him for fear I'll give him the big head. And brother Lakin said I've seen more preachers die from a broken heart than I have the big head. Won't hurt you to brag on him once in a while. Pride, pride, you know, not puffed up. And it does not behave itself unseemingly and for a word. And I got some of these words. I thought I found it back in the, in the office, uh, but I never could find it. The other day, so I come out and copy it off the bulletin board. <laughs> and they used a word here. And, and uh, one of the words that describes it so much is rude. Love is not rude. You don't embarrass somebody that you love. You smaller your pride. That's love. You say, but preacher, that's just it, folks. That's just the way I see it. And, and, uh, and then it, it, it seeks not her own, is not self-seeking or not selfish. Paul talks about the things that's going to come in the last days, perilous times, dangerous times. And, uh, and the top of that list is where men shall be lovers of their own selves. Selfishness. That's one of the biggest problems that we've got in this world is selfishness. People are selfish. It doesn't really matter what they do to get what they want. It doesn't bother them. You know, for the most part, that's not love. That's not love. It's not easily provoked. Does not get angry quickly. Don't fly off the handle. Have you heard that? That, 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 That's love. That's love. And it does not think evil. Keeps no records of wrongs. Uh, You say, but preacher, I can't forget them. You better try or you'll be miserable. (laughs) Because if we live long enough, we're all going to get old. And I don't want to be so mean that nobody will come by to see me once in a while. I tell you, I want to have a a friend or two left when I leave this world. So we don't keep no records of the wrongs. You know, you... uh, uh, and a lot of us make a lot of strong statements, and, but, you know, uh, a strong person and a wise person changes their mind. And, they, and, a, and a strong person is a person that can apologize. Paul was much of a man. He wasn't, I don't think, uh, in the, uh, the physical stature, I don't think that he was a big person. But Paul was a man. He stood up for the Lord. But you remember one time when uh, the, the, pre, uh, the, the high priest Paul was on the trial and, the, and the, they, they, he, he told somebody to slap his jaws, <laughs> uh, to, to smite him, box him a good one, and he hit him and Paul called him a, uh, a whited wall, a whitewashed Christian. <laughs> used to hear that statement a lot back over in Poor Valley and over in Russell County. You heard that? You're familiar with that? Whitewashed Christians. Whitewashed don't stay on very long. looks real good. You put it on, but come a rain, it gets streaky. It's come a few more rains and it's gone. And that's what they call quite a whitewashed Christians, you know. And uh, 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 so uh, uh, we, we, don't, we don't want that. We, we don't want that. So don't keep a record of the, of the wrong uh, uh, things that, that goes on uh, in life. Just make sure that we forget these things. That we forget the, the things that, uh, that's wrong. And don't keep any record of that. We don't need to keep that. Does not rejoice in sin or iniquity. And that means it does not delight in evil. We don't like to see people do wrong. That's love. But what it does. Love rejoices in the truth. Deal with honesty is the best policy. Always is. Honesty is the best policy. Uh, We need that. It rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. That means it protects all things, I'm told. It protects all things. Uh, I don't tell things that I hear sometimes. You say, preacher, well, it it may be the truth. But it doesn't matter truth or a lie. It's not going to help that person for me to tell it to somebody else. And if I think it's going to hurt that person's life or hurt that person's reputation, I'm not going to tell it. I'm pretty good at that because give me a couple of hours, I can forget most everything. But it protects. It protects. You you bend over backwards to protect those people that you love. It believes all things. That means it's trust. It trusts people. Uh, we had a black guy who used to live over in our community, and he told about a, a man that uh, was very jealous of his wife. And he said he built a big and pel- fence. You remember those pelons? You know, they'd them out of those logs, and uh, they'd be, most of them be five, six feet tall, you know, and they'd nail them up, put them around the house, around the barn, whatever they needed them. And he built a big and fence around the house. And he put a lock on the outside of that gate when he'd go to work in the morning, leave his wife inside. He was so jealous. And he would uh, come back that afternoon and he'd remember the way that he turned the lock. And if that lock was different, he'd go in and beat his wife. That old boy, what he needed was love. And he would have trusted. He'd say, but preacher, you got to keep a close eye on him. If they're going to do it, forget about it, okay? Trust. I wouldn't want to live with a wife I couldn't trust. I wouldn't want to pastor a church that I couldn't trust the people. I've got suckered in a few times, but some of them haven't done it to me yet. (laughs) So I'm just going to keep on trusting and going on and preaching the best I can. Do whatever I can. That's what love does. Hope's all things. Sees the good in things. That's what hope does. It keeps you looking forward. Keeps you uh, looking forward to things. Sees the good in people. Why can't we see the good in people? I was talking to a man a while back back there in the office, and and he's talking about some... Person, a man, and I don't remember who it was. I said, "That's a good man." And he stopped me. He said, "Preacher, he says you see good in everybody." Well, I said, "There is good in everybody. You have to look sometime awful hard to find it, but there's something good." But we look for that. We look for that. Don't look for the bad in people's life. That'll come out in spite of everything. And then it says here, "It, it endures all things." Persevere. Persevere means that you go on regardless. A good soldier. Paul talks about being a good soldier for Jesus Christ. A soldier goes forward and does what he's got to do or she's got to do regardless of what it might be. You listen to orders. You take orders from the one above you and you carry out those orders. You do these things. That's a good soldier. That's the way we're a good soldier for Jesus Christ. We just go on regardless. Sometimes I'd like to stay in the bed. Sometimes I'd like to stay in the bed. Sometimes I'd like to do some other things. But I want to do my Lord's work first of all. And then remember the uh, the text. It never fails. Love never fails. Love, the word never means not ever, on no occasion, at no time. Love never fails. You say, but preacher, I just have a hard time. Work on the love part. That'll take care of it. Work on the love part. Love is one of the most misused words in our vocabulary. Today, love and save stands up our right side by side, most used words, and people have come up on it to get the things uh, said that they want. They want to. They want to say love never fails. When you get down and out, love will still be there. You say, preacher, will I have somebody love? Remember that the Lord loves you always, and that's the greatest. My sons love me. My grandchildren love me. They can get just about anything I've got. Safe or dangerous. God loves me. Mildred loves me. My dad and mom left this world loving me. I was talking to my mom when she left. Dropped the phone and was gone. I'd been in and talked to Dad just a few minutes and hadn't been out of the room probably 15 minutes till the Lord got through with him here and his heart just stopped like flipping off a light switch and he was gone to heaven. And they left this world loving me and I know they love me more over there than they did down here. Love never fails. To fail means to prove deficient or lacking or perform inefficiently or inadequately. Inadequ- and love always stands the test. Love is always acceptable in this world, will be acceptable in the world to come. And closing out, and I've already talked way too long. Verse number 13, And now about it, these three, faith, hope, and charity, are love. But the greatest of these is love. Hope is wishing for something, looking forward to something, something that you've got. You've got that expectation, and you're wishing for it. And faith is believing God, believing in the the Lord, and believing God, believe what he said. But love is greater than all of them. Love never runs out. Love doesn't run out in this world. Love won't run out in the world to come. Love. Love. Let's make sure that we love the Lord. First thing that we need to do is to love the Lord with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength and then our neighbor as ourself. If we follow those two commandments, we'll never go wrong. To love people, to love the Lord, number one, and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. The Lord loves you. He cares about you. He's your friend. He wants to take you to heaven if you're not ready I hope you'll come and and get ready while you've got time with you. Would you bow your heads? Would you play just as I am, please, uh, Linda?